All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Presented by Botano, the uh, preseason may not be anywhere close to finishing, but we are. Our preseason's done starting on Monday. The live show is back. What's up? It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa. Rosie, what are you doing for your final preparations here, bud? I had the bosses over to my house and Whoa. looking at the set, we might have a little set change over there and uh, see how she's looking come day one. I might finagle a little something sexy behind me. I like that. Looking forward to that again, coming up on Monday at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can check out the live show. We're going 45 minutes in length this year. So an extra 15 minutes to hear Rosie bitch about random stuff. Uh, that That's great value if you ask me, but there's a lot to cover um, coming up on this season, it's pretty crazy when we start our show, we're going to still have nine days between the, uh, you know, the first game and the start of the show. Yeah, but we're good at spinning a yarn and bullshitting and, uh, like Leafs nation likes to do, we'll pick everything apart and go deep into the layers of the Maple Leafs even before the season starts. So I wrote an article, uh, that came out today here as we have this conversation on Friday, pretty much complaining, uh, about boredom and annoyance when it comes to the preseason slate. I'm curious to get your opinion on things. So an eight-game slate here for the Leafs. They have five left, by the way, three against the Montreal Canadiens, two against Detroit, and they play Montreal in the opener. So just way too much Montreal for me. I understand geography is part of the equation here, but as a former player, I know the preseason schedule probably a bit different uh, than it was back in your playing days, but do, do you care at all that I'm complaining about it? Um, yeah, I do. It's, it's too long. It's too much. I remember when we played six and people were bitching, you need like three or four preseason games and let's go. Um, eight preseason games to me, that just screams ownership wanting to rake in money. You know, you're not paying anyone right now. There's no payroll and you're filling up your barn 
you know, four or five times, it's, that's what it's all about. And, you know, guys get hurt in the preseason. You see guys taking runs at that stars, trying to make a name for themselves in the preseason. Um, it's too long. It's a grind and you don't need to feel a grind before the puck drop of opening night. It's, it's annoying to play that many. It's too goddamn many. And I think it all comes down to greed and money and ownership wanting to rake in more and more dollars than they already do. Imagine being a paying fan going to this game on Friday at the Bell Centre in Montreal where the main Leafs playing. Let's say you're a Leafs fan in Montreal and you're like, yes, I got to check out the Leafs in the preseason. Tyler Bertuzzi, Matthew Nyes, Mark Giordano and Elias Samsonov are like the big names. So they're missing quite a few guys. And imagine being, you know, going there with your kid or whatever to watch a game and and the Toronto Marlies are playing. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what the ticket prices are, but if they're anywhere near uh, what they would be in regular season, it's it's total robbery. And, you know, you got to know that going into it. And, yeah. you know, it is a good sign that, you know, the buildings are pretty much full in preseason. It says a lot. It's positive for the game and shows the strength of uh, of those markets, which is great. But from a player's standpoint and from, you know, maybe that kid can't go to a game otherwise unless it's a preseason game. So I'm all for that. I'm all for preseason games, but eight of them for that long of a stretch, like you said, we're ready to rock and roll here and the preseason is not even close to ready. So it, it, like I said, it, it seems to be about money and it seems to be about packing as many as uh, of those games as you can. So those owners can just uh, rake in it in even more than they already are. But uh, whatever, I mean, keep it down to five max. Like if that was uh, something you could get in the next CBA, I'd be pushing for it because guys don't like playing those. They want to play real games that mean something. There's a lot. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot of roster battles in training camp. And again, you could subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. We'll start with maybe the bigger one. And again, a lot of this depends on Cali Yarncroke's health. Hasn't played so far here as we have this conversation in the preseason, but Nick Robertson or Noah Gregor, that seems to be the big conversation in, term, in terms of the one final roster spot. Pontus Holmberg's involved, Bobby McMahon as well. How do you see this one playing out? It depends. It depends on on where that spot is, right? It's uh, it's that classic, 
are you going to shove a player in a spot that he's not that kind of player? You know, I, I feel like Robertson and Gregor are different types of players. If it's that fourth line um, spot somewhere, it's Noah Gregor to me. He's the guy that can skate and, you know, play that energy role and get in there on the four check and, and do the things that you want out of your energy lines. And I think Nick Robertson is, you know, more of a skill player and a playmaker. And if he's not, showing skill and making plays at a high enough level where he can be at least on that third line, then I never like it when you put a skill type of player into a checking role and energy role and you expect him to change his entire game that he's been playing his entire life. It never works out. And for that reason, if you're looking to fill that, you know, somewhere on that fourth line, it's got to be Noah Gregor. They're different players. And I think depending on what you're looking for out of that spot, you got to go with the player that suits it best. Yeah, as mentioned, there are so many moving parts, right? Like, let's say Kelly Arnko can't go to start the year. I think it makes more sense, obviously, to roster Robertson and Gregor. And the, the thing with Gregor is that you got to give him a contract as well. And Brandon Pridham's got to be hard at work trying to figure out the salary cap situation. But I think your assessment's bang on. Like, I don't know if Nick Robertson's going to be best suited to play in the bottom six. Like, the only thing, only way it makes sense for me is if he plays in the top six in a scoring-type role as opposed to, like, a checking-type role. Like, I know the numbering has changed with lines in recent seasons, but I think it's got to make sense for Robertson, whereas, like, Gregor, it will make sense because they need guys like that in the bottom six, no? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it's the classic thing. I've played with so many guys in my career where, you know, they get called up to the NHL after kind of lighting up the AHL and and being the stud and getting player of the week and player of the month, and they're they're putting up points, and they go up to the NHL, and they get shoved on the fourth line. They play six minutes. And it's like, what are the expectations? He like, it always happens. And it's like, well, if you're going to call a guy up, you're going to call the guy up that's performing the best down in the minors. And you call him up and throw him in a role that he's not even remotely suited for. And it never seems to work. The players are frustrated all the time. They're like, what am I supposed to do with this amount of ice time? I don't forecheck. I don't hit guys. I don't create energy. I'm a playmaker. I need to play with other playmakers, but it doesn't seem to work out that some sometimes. And you know, uh, it's it's frustrating on both ends when you put a guy into a role that he's not used to or not qualified for and expect him to flourish and expect it to work. It it doesn't work like that. Guys have their strengths and they have what they do best and, and that's what they need to stick to. And if, if you're looking for a guy to do X and you bring in a guy to do Y, it's not going to work. So depending on what they want out of the role of the spot and the hole that's in the lineup, you got to fill it with the guy that, that best suits that. For sure. And I think waivers plays a part, too, in terms of waiver exemption or not. And certainly we'll have that conversation coming up. But another polarizing, I think, roster battle. These aren't like marquee front of line battles for rosters, but we expected this, obviously, with this Maple Leafs roster and the way it's currently constructed. But how about Connor Timmons? Have yourself a night. Craft Hockeyville gets two goals and two assists and suddenly back on the uh, on the map. He got two assists in the opener, although I didn't think he was good. I thought he was clunky skating-wise, made some bad decisions. But game two, much better. So the conversation starts again. And again, very similar to the forward battle where Kelly Arncroke's banged up. John Klingberg's now day-to-day, right? Pulled for precautionary reasons on Wednesday. So who knows if he's a full health for the start of the season. We're still roughly two weeks away from that. But it might ultimately, Rosie, come down to how they play out the roster, how many guys they can truly go with in this cap world, whether it's 20 or 22 or whatever it is. Uh, but I think it could come down to Connor Timmons or, or Simon Benoit, who's yet to play a game for these guys. Yeah, and those two are interesting, man. You put them side by side. They're like exactly the same size. They are literally exactly the same age. They were born a day apart, September 18th and Crazy. 19th. 
um, 90, whatever. They're 25 years old. Um, one's a left-handed shot. One's a right-handed shot. I think those right-handed defensemen, which Timmons is, is a little bit more sought after. Um, they just don't make them like that. Everyone seems every year to be scrambling for a right-handed shot defenseman. Um, but with Timmons stepping up and, and putting some, uh, you know, some points on the board and getting on the score sheet, it helps his cause. But if they're truly, if they can't make a decision and they're truly like mono e mono, especially when they're they're so closely um, aligned with when you look at them side by side, I, I don't think that we're capable of making that assessment. I think that if you're the powers that be at the Toronto Maple Leafs, I if you can't judge a player based on his play and they're that close, I would go down to the intangibles. You know, yeah. who carries themselves better? Who has the most confidence? Wh- whose work ethic is better? Who's who's doing all the right things as a professional, who gels with the guys in the locker room more, uh, who's more easily coachable, like those intangible things that you don't see unless you're on the hockey team itself. Um, I would start to take those into pretty serious account. If you can't wrap your head around an obvious pick for a spot, bring those things into play, which you should be anyway, and figure out which guy you're going to go with. That could be easily the deciding factor. Those things are are certainly important. And I imagine when you dig deep into those layers, you're going to start to find one that rises above the other. Yeah, definitely. And I I think conventional wisdom suggests they're going to go with seven defensemen and 14 forwards. If you can squeeze 21 in like that makes the most sense. Um, I think when trying to quantify if it's going to be Timmons or Benoit, I don't think it's going to be both for starters. I think if you were to ask me who could likely, who's likelier to make their way through waivers than the other, it's probably Benoit, but I'm not even sure about that because he probably has a bit more NHL experience, but Connor Timmons shoots right. And I think he has games like the preseason where he gets four points and people start to wonder if maybe he's turned the corner from his days, you know, in, in Arizona, especially, but like, don't forget way back when in Colorado, he was a highly touted prospect. And I, I just wonder if if a guy like Timmons goes on waivers, all all they all they need is one team to say, you know what, this guy's a reclamation project. We can figure it out. Very similar to what the Leafs did last year. Yeah, it's interesting when guys go on on waivers. Like guys don't get picked up that often this time of the year. You're tr- usually trying to trim down, and if you sneak them through at the same time that a lot of other teams um trim down and you get a whole bunch of guys on waivers for 24 hours at the same time you can squeak a guy through but like you said the points you just mentioned there there's reasons for him to get scooped up yeah Benoit's got a little bit more experience but the right-handed shot of of Timmons is a little bit more desirable so it'll be interesting to see what happens um personally I don't take a lot of stock into the Klingberg thing right now like we talked about to start the show, these uh, these exhibition games, they add up and they're a drag on the players. And when you're not used to playing, um, you know, NHL almost quality minutes and, and competition out there, the body starts to bark back a little bit. And if the numbers are crunched a certain way and Klingberg seeing like, holy smokes, I thought I was going to play three of these and I'm slated for five or six a little phantom groin injury might come out of the woodworks <laughs> and say, Hey, I need a, I need a little breather. And this time of year, I don't put a ton of stock into those day-to-day injuries because some of those veterans are, are, you know, they can justify pulling the shoot pretty, uh, pretty easily. So we'll see what happens and monitor that, but it's a close race, no matter how you spin it with those two. I love the route you elected to go with a phantom injury because he's a veteran and he's not trying to figure out his career again. I, I, I know what you're saying, but um, I think there's a bit of concern there. But certainly there is depth, I would say, built up on the back end for the Maple Leafs. And I'm very curious to see how that battle plays out between Timmons and Benoit. And we've yet to see Benoit in a game. Again, he started off slow with 
a bit of a nagging injury to start camp. And I want to see him in game action. I probably think that's the best way the Leafs to describe it is like we want to see him play, no? Yeah, get him in there. I mean, you're not going to have a clear-cut decision on anything if you're not seeing them play, you know, some sort of quality minutes in, you know, a series of games, uh, at least two of them to see where you're at. And then if you do that, I think you're going to find that one speaking to you a little bit more than the other. But it's this time of year where the brass has always got tough decisions to make, and that's on the players to to make their decisions tough. If they think a guy is going to be there and someone else starts to really push at the last minute, it, it's going to make it tough on the guys upstairs. So that's the player's job, and it's up to one of them to uh, to make themselves shine a little bit more and, and make that decision less difficult on the guys to say, hey, there's our guy right there. He just proved it. It's great. They're going to see a lot of Benoit against the Montreal Canadiens because, as mentioned, they just play Montreal and they play Detroit. That's it. That's all for the preseason. Three against the Habs, two against Detroit to wrap things up in this eight-game slate. Man, like the Atlantic Division is wide open. Uh, I'm sure you saw the news on Thursday. Sort of came out of nowhere. Well, it did. Andre Vasilevsky done for approximately two months after undergoing back surgery. Number one, that's massive news for the division. Number two, I'm not sure how Tampa recovers from this. Like this guy's an all-world netminder, arguably the top goaltender on the planet. You take him off that roster. Just look at how many games this guy's played in the last five years alone. So you would think they're looking for a goalie in Tampa. And right away, I, I, I flip my Leafs lenses on. I know Martin Jones is going on waivers. I know he's got to go through a lot of teams before he gets to Tampa. But there is like a pathway where Martin Jones ends up as the opening night starter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can you believe that? Yeah, no, that'd be pretty weird, man. Um, and I mean, he's if we're talking about Tampa in a in a light that we've been talking about them in the last three, four years, uh, that's not a good look for them, right? I mean, we've already talked about how they've taken a step back, they've lost a lot of players, they're aging a little bit. You know, when you hit that that peak, it's kind of hard to stay there in the cap age, they're starting to fall down, and then you know, one of their biggest assets and Vasilevsky's gone down for a few months it's it's a terrible look and it only opens the door even more in that division like you said and you know whether they they scoop him up I don't know you got to think they got other options for the meantime um maybe not it would be interesting but I mean the reason we got him is to give us some depth um to give us some injury protection uh he was a cheap pickup with experience and maybe someone else on the market's going to see the same thing and say thank you very much yoink and and grab him off of waivers but you know when you know you get a guy with that with that uh background and that caliber and that experience you know he's going to be your third man probably on the marlies you're going to you know right off the bat you're going to have to put him through waivers and uh, exactly and if that happens that happens there's nothing you can do about it if you're not going to keep him on your roster you're going to give 24 hours to the rest of the league to snatch him up and if that happens there's not much you can do about it so that's the plan there's no use crying over it there's no way around it i don't think they're going to be keeping three goaltenders here they're already in a crunch trying to to shed bodies and and salary caps so he's going to go and you know there's always that worry and usually guys go through waivers. People are not trying to pick up more guys, but like you say, it might be a special situation in Tampa. Well, that's exactly it. I think when it comes to Martin Jones and the other thing to bring up too, is the number of players on the Leafs that have been claimed on waivers is egregious to me over the last like five to seven years. It, it just seems like every time a Leaf hits waivers, teams are like, Oh, it's a Maple Leaf. He's got to be good. Let's pick him up. But I think with Jones, when they made that signing, I think it was August 9th. Uh, I, I, we came on and said, you know what, this is great. It's good for, you know, security and insulation and all that playing behind the two guys. But like, is it likely Martin Jones is a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs past opening night? 
I always thought it was unlikely. Like the, the position has become so volatile across the league. And on top of that, I mean, injuries are going to happen. Just look here. I mean, even in Colorado, Pavel Francouz is banged up right now. So the Avalanche could be involved in that derby too. I think from day one, as you mentioned, both parties involved have understood that this is probably going to happen this way, no? Yeah, I mean, in a in a perfect world, you, you just put him in the minors, keep him fresh, and, and yank him up when and if there's an injury. And I mean, to get both your goaltenders through 82 games without – a single injury is tough. You look at last year, um, injuries galore. Obviously, Matt Murray was part of that equation with a terrible history of injuries. But I believe Sammy went down for a couple of weeks there too. And yeah. it's tough to get through those, you know, seven, eight months of, of grinding, of traveling, of, of, of giving it, you know, everything that it takes to compete in the NHL, especially when you're a team that uh, is making a push. And it's nice to have that layer of uh, of protection to put to bring in a uh, an experienced guy to at least sit back up. But you know, heaven forbid, both goaltenders go down, you're going to be leaning on them like crazy. And and that did happen last year too, where we're leaning on our third and fourth strings for certain periods of time. So it does happen. And you know, obviously they signed him for a reason, and they don't want to lose him. So. Again, not much you can do about it. You're not going to keep him up top. You're going to have to put him through waivers, and you just hope everyone else is not in a position to snatch him up. If they lose Jones, uh, I don't know where they go. They better have a contingency plan in place because you're so right. Like there, There's no way in hell in my world. I mean, I know the, the, the Jays were an anomaly this season where I think they used seven starting pitchers, which is ridiculous. But to ask for that to happen on a routine basis for any sports franchise is crazy. To think those two guys and – Samsonov and Wall are going to play the entire season, I think is crazy. And quite frankly, I can't sit here with a straight face and tell you who the third string netminder is not named Martin Jones. Like that's where it's gotten to. I was watching preseason puck last night. Eric Shulgren's on New Jersey. So there's your answer from a couple of weeks ago. Remember? Yeah, I remember getting roasted because I mixed <laughs> that up. Sorry, I didn't follow every goddamn transaction across the whole board. But uh, yeah, thought Shulgren uh, did a great job last year. I mean, we were in tough, man. We were panicking yeah. and he came in there with not a lot of experience and got put on the spot early and and he held us in there very well and, and got a bunch of uh, points for those Maple Leafs at a, at a tough time. And you need a guy like that for when those things happen. And Jones is certainly capable of being that guy. And you just got to wait and see, man, if you lose him, you lose him. If not great, but it's just one of those things. There's no decision really to be made in my mind. You're not going to keep him on the roster just because you're scared of losing this guy to waivers. That's not how it works. That's not why you signed him. Meantime, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Another full Sunday slate coming in football. Anything uh, catch your eye, Rosie? Footy ball. Yeah, I'll probably take heat for this, but I'm used to it. I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, I love Texas, America's team, their history, some Jerry Jones. Um, I like Dak Prescott. And I went to a game in their new Cowboys stadium there. It was unbelievable. Um, so I have a little bit of an affinity for them. And whenever I say that, people get rattled. It's so weird. Like they're just one of the most hated teams, you know, maybe up there with the team that they're playing, the New England Patriots. But uh, the Cowboys are favored by minus six and a half. I don't think the Patriots have what they used to by any stretch. And uh, Dak was looking pretty good last week by the sounds of things. So I think they can beat these boys by a, a touchdown. And I got the Cowboys at minus 6.5.
I'm going to tell you because you've been red hot. Um, so certainly I think we're looking forward to the slate. We're looking forward to Monday as well. Once again, 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Leafs Nation YouTube page at the Leafs Nation 401 where you can subscribe on demand too. If you just want to catch us in podcast form, just search Leafs Morning Take wherever you get your podcasts. We'll pop up. But uh, I'm really excited to get things going. I can't believe we've been together now for a year and season two, Rosie, starts on Monday. We're going to be Live. Live. That's scary. That's too scary. Well, hopefully we're ready. I know, because it's really been a long off-season and summer where we just record here and there. We're recording right now, and we're going through some technical issues and stuff like that. But we are in all those things out, and we come to you live Monday through Friday, 11 to 11.45. So make a note of that. We're doing 45 minutes of show. We're going to be interactive with the chat. we got some great guests already lined up for the first week. So uh, we're ready to roll, Rosie. We'll talk on Monday, buddy. Yeah, it's true. We can interact live a little bit more. We're not so time crunched at the end of uh, of the show. We can do a little more back and forth on that, baby. So we'll. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Wins all around. Many thanks to producer Aaron Bordado. Again, that's Shay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga, and we'll talk on Monday. Take care, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 